All right. So USC recruiting got another hit on Monday afternoon, while another Pac-12 school took another hit. What are some of the ramifications for USC and for their competition with this latest commitment? Also, uh, Pac-12 Media Day is this Friday, and feelings are still a little raw, understandably so, uh, from some of these programs that are being left behind. Is it a coincidence that both L.A. schools will be the last to take the stage uh, this Friday? And did USC tip their hand when they announced who will be joining Lincoln Riley at L.A. Live when Pac-12 Media Day kicks off on Friday morning? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin. And thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. So whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to your podcast, wherever you get them, we're free. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. And if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and go ahead and leave some feedback. Let us know how you like the show. Uh, Let me go ahead and start this show off by first letting you know that starting August 1st, you're going to be able to get me five days a week as opposed to three days a week. So once uh, once August 1st, 1st rolls around, college football season is is in full effect as far as uh, we're concerned here at Locked On USC. So we'll bring you all the news and notes we can in 30 minutes or less, five days a week starting August 1st. Set your calendar, get that coffee going, or whatever adult beverage you prefer to drink whenever you're taking in the show. All right. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that USC got another recruiting hit. Uh, last week, uh, Tackett Curtis, uh, he picked the uh, linebacker from many Louisiana. He picked USC over Ohio State and Wisconsin. And that was a signal that um, USC can compete with the Big Ten powers, as well as Wisconsin, <laughs> for uh, those elite recruits that they're going to be uh, playing and competing with against uh, once USC moves to the big conference starting in 2024. Um, so, in, you know, instead of USC players being violently introduced to Tackett in a couple of years, um, now now the big conference can start dealing with having to concern themselves with with Mr. Curtis uh Bringing the uh, bringing the violence on the defense when USC's playing them. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that's been kind of well documented uh, is USC's had some challenges recruiting guys who play on on the line of scrimmage, uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, offensive line specifically is where we're gonna is where we're talking about today. Um, you know, I, I talked about. Um, you know, USC had a big, a big recruiting hit. Micah Banuelos, the offensive lineman from Kennedy Catholic, uh, Monday afternoon committed to USC. Uh, earlier over the weekend, USC, you know, they they didn't get one of their tight end um, prospects, Walker Lyons, 
he he made his commitment known to Stanford. Hey, when Stanford makes you an offer and if you pass their uh, admittance, admittance requirements, uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to choose Stanford. And Stanford has been known to uh, do really well at the tight end position. So it's understandable. Uh, and USC didn't really miss you hate to say they didn't miss out. They'd love to have Walker Lyons from Folsom, California, but they've got Deuce Robinson, uh, who they're feeling really confident about, that uh, they're going to receive his commitment, who can play tight end as well. Uh, but back to Monday's afternoon pickup, Micah Banuelos, the interior offensive lineman from Kennedy Catholic, he picked USC over the Oregon Ducks. And that's significant. Um, you know, obviously he fills a recruiting need and, um, you know, that's, he's also going to be able to help with uh, recruiting other targets that play along the offensive line, as maybe even the defensive line. Uh, he's really close with Alani Noah, who Oregon also covets, um, but it's starting to get a feel like Alani is leaning towards USC. So... You know, last on on a previous episode, we spoke, you know we talked about with, when Tackett Curtis made his commitment. Is this going to start opening the floodgates? Is this the first domino to fall? It appears that it might be, even with the Walker Lions, you know, little hiccup. Again, you know, USC. If you want to, I'm not even going to call him a backup plan because I think he's still their first target at tight end is Deuce Robinson. Um, so, you know, mock Knicks, so to speak. You know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You lose out on Walker. You're still waiting on Deuce Robinson. <clears throat> now, should Deuce choose to go elsewhere, then we can, you know, we'll, we'll come back and we'll we'll look at the tight end position again. Um, but getting Micah to make his commitment is is big because he's going to push hard for his buddy Alani Noah. Um, also. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, let's see here. What else do I want to say? Um, another big thing about getting this commitment, and while it's, and while it's, while it's significant and it helps USC, but it also hurts the other programs on the West Coast who are looking for offensive linemen. Um, it, the, the offensive line trees on the West Coast for the 2023 class they're not providing a really big harvest. I mean, pickings are kind of slim. Uh, that's not to say that, you know, some guys won't blossom late and will get some more offers as the uh, their season season goes on, or maybe even their junior season goes on starting uh, soon. The high school football season actually starts in the next couple weeks, which is crazy to think about. Uh, fall camp starts within the next week or so. The high school season actually starts in a couple of weeks. Yeah, football is here. Feels good. Uh, back on tangent. Um, you know, one of the reasons why Micah said he chose USC is it came down, you know, he had set his commitment date back a couple of times. You know, he said he, his, he wanted to make sure his mom was available to be there. Good reason. But he also said at his announcement that um, part of his decision came down to knowing where USC was going to be playing. Playing in the Big Ten is a big deal. Uh, 
Oregon is playing the Pac-12, and the perception is the Pac-12 isn't the big conference or the SEC. And if you want to know, if you want to get some more context about that, uh, after his announcement ceremony today, uh, WeRSC.com Scott Schrader caught up with Micah and did a uh, live interview with him. So when you're done listening to me and watching me here on Locked on USC, head on over to WeRSC.com, check out that a full interview, and uh, it's, it'll get, lend you some insight into uh, into why Micah chose USC, and it was a lot closer than uh, maybe some people thought. Uh, the Oregon Ducks were his dream school, and it, you know maybe if Oregon was heading to the Big Ten or to the SEC or the Big 12 even, uh, maybe Micah was makes his commitment for the Ducks. As of now, he's a USC Trojan, and that helps USC, that hurts Oregon, and that's always a good thing. So, um, you know, while you're watching that interview over there at WeRSC.com, um, you're probably going to want a snack. So head on over to Built Bar. Um these guys have got some crazy flavors, and this stuff is good for you. But the way they market it, um, I don't know, man. It, it sounds too good to be true. So if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, uh, you're really depriving yourself of one, one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's called the Delicious Indulgent Cookie Dough, and it's covered in chocolate. Hmm. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite chalk cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. And they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Okay, not bad. So run to built.com to snag a box for you and your family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Um, when I'm done with the show, I'm heading over there and get some of these. And I don't need to hide them. Nobody's going to take them from me. So, uh, like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is is that all their bars are made with collagen protein. Your body tends to absorb the collagen more efficiently, and it provides a ton of health benefits. So you're going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. Okay, so on this next segment here, um, look, Pac-12 Media Day is uh, coming up this Friday. And I think everybody anticipated Caleb Williams being at Pac-12 Media Day. Um, You know, he's the new face of the program. Uh, but I, the question was, who was going to be joining him and Lincoln Riley? For those of you who aren't aware, Pac-12 Media Day, uh, every program head coach, and they usually bring along two-player representatives. 
Um, so joining Caleb is going to be uh, linebacker Shane Lee, who also transferred to the program in the spring, before the spring, uh, actually. Um, since Shane arrived, he's he's truly become a leader off the field. And uh, it show what he's done in the weight room. He's he's brought over a a work ethic from Alabama. And look, Alabama must be doing something right with their program. They're in the playoffs or challenging for the playoffs every year. So um, when you when you're able to get a caliber player of a Shane Lee, when he brings a work ethic and he you know he wants to show you how things are done at a championship level program uh you better listen and it's it's kind of rubbed off on the players in the in the weight room and from all accounts he you know he's also been a great locker room guy as well so uh, you're going to have three newcomers to usc representing the program at pac-12 media day this friday um I don't know what kind of message that sends. Um, what it does do is it sends a message that last year is behind uh, this team. So uh, these new guys are going to be leading USC this year and, you know, however long they're around into the future. But, you, you know, I, I started asking myself, self, um, what about guys like, you know, who have been around the program, who have these last few years, who have really dealt with a lot of the ups and downs and more downs and ups, if we're being honest here. You know, guys like, you know, Nick Figueroa, Justin Dietich, Andrew Voorhees, Tuli Tuli Pelotu, uh, Raylan Goforth. You know, I can go on. Um, but, you know, these guys, you know, they've been around and, uh, you know, they've answered the tough questions especially last year, um, you wonder, you know, why aren't, why isn't one of them coming along with a Caleb Williams to lend a different perspective? You know, obviously Caleb and Shane are, are bringing a fresh new perspective. They weren't around last year. They can only talk about what they anticipate for this year's team. But you know, questions about last year are going to come up. And I just think that, uh, it would be, it would be, uh, if I'm going to use Lincoln Riley's term, since it's a unique roster, it would be kind of unique to have a perspective from one of the new guys, as well as one of the guys who have been around. Uh, Justin Dietrich, I think he handles the microphone and plays to the camera really well. He would have been a perfect candidate. Um, you don't necessarily have to have an offensive and a defensive guy. Uh, last year, USC brought Keaton Slovis and um, Drake London. So, you know, if, again, I don't know. Look, if the team made these selections, no big deal. If Lincoln decided I'm bringing these two guys along, no, again, what kind of message does that send? But, you know, maybe this is, again, what I'm saying. Is this who a couple of the team captains are going to be? And you usually have three or four. Are these two of them? Did Lincoln Riley tip his hand? Who knows? I guess we'll find out on Friday. There's going to be lots of questions being asked. Speaking of Friday, uh, it's Pac-12 Media Day. 
is is it a coincidence that the two LA school schools are going to be the the last to take the stage uh, when everybody gets together this Friday? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's been done on purpose uh, because I think everybody also knows uh, what's going to dominate. What topic is really going to dominate the day? It's going to start at eight a.m. That's when uh, George Klyavkov, as well as uh, his underling, not really his underling, uh, Merton Hanks, they're gonna they're gonna take the stage, and then around eight forty-five, uh, Utah will be the first uh, school program to take the stage. So Kyle Whittingham and his two player reps, and each each school program gets thirty minutes to uh, to talk about. Uh, their season, what they uh, what they look forward to, and just answer pretty much the same question from the media over and over and over again. Uh, following Utah will be Oregon 30 minutes later. So now I don't know whether this was <laughs> a way to keep every try to keep everyone awake and interested, or if this was just a way to you know punish the LA schools, uh, UCLA. They're going to take the stage at 3 o'clock, and then 30 minutes later, USC will bring the curtain down at 3.30. Ironic? No. Look, um, as I mentioned, George and Merton and the other programs, hopefully, particularly the schools, the the head coaches, look, they, they got to answer the tough question. I'm hoping the players from the other programs aren't inundated uh, with this topic for too long. Let the the adults in the room um, answer the hard question. Uh, now, yeah, you know, Oregon and Washington, uh, maybe even Stanford and to a lesser degree, Cal, they're going to have to talk about this um, because, you know, you know, number one, UCLA is trying to be uh, <laughs> blackmailed into to paying for for some of the UC's debt. Uh, so you know that's going to come up with George. You know that's going to come up with the Cal program. You know that's going to come up with, with UCLA when they take the stage. <clears throat> so maybe they want to spread it out. Who knows? Um, USC is really the, the whole catalyst behind this whole thing that's going down. Um, so making them answer the questions at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe they'll have bring out, refresh everybody's memory of why they're doing this. They're going to have a whole lot of time between the Pac-12's perspective on what's going on and when USC actually gets to give their idea, their perspective on of why they're moving to the big conference. And in between, there's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't know, we'll call it white noise, but a lot of disinterested people listening. So if you want to listen to what USC and UCLA have to say about it, you're going to have to stay the whole day. So there you go. Um, hey, if it was up to me, you know, I'd show up, you know, around lunchtime, <laughs> knowing that USC isn't going on the stage until what three thirty. Um, but you know, I'm the type of person who loves a good car accident, and I like to gawk, and I'm the type of guy who might, you know, come up with a a snarky question, you know, like I might want to ask George, hey. When did the uh, student athlete 
go extinct. I might ask Oregon's head coach, Dan Lanning, would you have uh, taken this job knowing what you know now? Now, obviously, he's going to give the politically correct answer, but I think uh, maybe if the cameras were off, off the record, his answer might be different. So these are just some of the things that will be going on at Pac-12 Media Day this Friday. They'll be taking place at LA Live. So, um, you know, I'll have some more information on our next episode of Locked on USC this week. There'll be two more episodes. Um, I wasn't able to join the We Are We Are Inside the Trojan Huddle show this week. I, I had something come up uh, Monday afternoon when we do our taping. However, when you're done watching uh, watching and listening here, head on over to WeRSC.com. Scott Trader has got a bunch of recruiting information. Information. Eric McKinney has been doing a, a great series on uh, questions at the positions. And, you know, I mentioned Inside the Trojan Huddle podcast that Greg Katz hosts. Uh, he also has his IMHO story, as well as... Um, Oh, gosh, why am I having a brain fart right now? <laughs> Greg puts out two weekly columns, his IMHO, as well as, gosh, forgive me, Greg, I apologize. Uh, where to go? Where to go? His obvious, not so obvious. Sorry, Greg, I'm just having some brain flatulence right now. It's a, it's a Monday evening when I'm recording the show. I've had a busy day, so my apologies. So, again, um, when you're not watching and listening to Locked On USC, you can also check out the Locked On Network for Locked On Pac-12 with your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Locked On Big Ten has your host, Nate Dickinson. They cover all of your Pac-12 and your Big Ten news and notes information in 30 minutes or less. And what you, what I can't provide for you here at Locked On USC in 30 minutes or less you're going to get over at wrse.com. So thanks again. Fight on. And I'll talk to you soon. Until then. I don't know, man. If I have something new come up, I might even be back uh, later. Soon. Soon. Soon, soon.